Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Would you welcome with me this morning our guest speaker, Pastor Randy Burns. Come on, guys. You can do a little bit better than that. We are so glad that he is here this morning, Pastor Randy. Well, hello, New Vision. It is such an honor to be here with you today. Um, I'm just overwhelmed by the presence of God. I'm overwhelmed by uh, familiar faces. I'm excited about the new faces that I see here today. But uh, I, I love the presence of God. How about you? And I really feel his presence. I want to uh, let's give a hand to the worship team. Excellent job. And uh, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Melissa, thank you for the honor of being here today and such a uh, incredible introduction. I hope we live up to that, but I know that God will, right? So uh, again, it's great to be here today. You have such a wonderful, wonderful place here. Um, lots of attention to detail. There's people greeting you when you come in. There's refreshing water. Uh, when you use the bathroom, there's all kinds of cool things in there. Uh, cologne and, and uh, a little shot of Listerine. I mean, it's just really, really nice. You guys are doing a great job in this corner of Kansas City. So uh, give yourself a hand this morning, New Vision. Awesome, awesome. Yes. So how many people are human here this morning? Yeah, humans. I think that includes all of us. Uh, how many of you have uh, been in relationship to another human? Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, I understand you're, I'm wrapping up a series about relationships. And uh, Pastor Kevin, honor to you guys for having and devoting time and attention to a very important aspect of our life that we don't talk about very much. But relationships are important. And as I heard you say in one of your uh, messages was that God created us for relationship, didn't he? Uh, speaking of relationships, I have several family members here this morning. I love you all, and uh, thanks for being here. My wife of uh, 33 years, God bless her. <laughs> Several of my children and a couple of, ah, goodness gracious, did you see the smile that came over my face? Uh, yeah, the grands. Um, there are, are two right there, and... Uh, my other daughter is carrying another two, so woohoo! Yeah, that is so awesome. Um, yeah, we, we in the Burns tribe, um, we took Genesis to heart. Be fruitful and not add, but multiply. Uh, we, we, we brought in uh, uh, six, five that are with us, and then, uh, yeah, then the generator... Not one at a time, but two. Wow, you know, we're fulfilling the Lord's mission here. But uh, relationships, matters of the heart, that's what we're getting into today. Um, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we surrender this time to you. 
we're not the experts, but you're the expert. And Lord, with your word and with your truth, there are things that you want to accomplish here today, and they're beyond my ability. Uh, It's beyond the words that are going to be spoken today, but we're believing that your word is going to come to life within your people, and it will accomplish what it's set forth to do, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring uh, true ministry to wounds in lives, and Lord, also to prepare this body God, I believe in a way for those that are coming. There are those that are coming that this church has to be ready for. And Lord, we are all wounded healers. And you're going to call this congregation to be real about what's broken and what you've healed in them to help others that are on their way. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to accomplish in this moment and for what is yet to come in the future. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Wow, I don't know what came over me, but um, I felt like that was from God. So sometimes that happens. If he can use a donkey, he can use this guy. So it is a miracle. Uh, You know, if, if you want to understand the grace of God, you're looking at the grace of God. For someone like me to be here talking to an incredible group like you in a church on a Sunday, it's the grace of God. And um, it's, it's miraculous. Don't ever sell God short or sell yourself short in what he's going to call you to do because you never know when you, you just take a first step where it's going to lead you. And God has a plan for you. He has ministry for you. He has a place for you. And you don't have to have it all together. Uh, and in fact, he uses the messes in your life to bring messages to others. And so be encouraged today. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And to be honest, we haven't guarded our hearts very well sometimes, have we? We've been in relationships or maybe we have guarded our hearts and we've been in relationship with others. And if you've been married, you know, even uh, minutes, you've probably been hurt by your spouse or you have hurt your spouse, right? Some of you who have been into the dating world um, and, and you've hoped to be married, you, you've been crushed and hurt by relationships that are there. And, and my role here this, this morning is to talk to you about how do you tend or how do you mend your broken heart? And that's what we're talking about here today. First thing you need to understand is that your heart speaks, speaks a different language than your mind it speaks a different language than your spirit, and for the most part, speaks a different language than your physical body. Uh, we, we know this a lot of times because we intend to do something, we plan to do something, we set our hearts, set our minds to do something else, and then our heart says, oh, no, we're going to do this. And after you've gone this other way, you're going, what just happened? Well, it's because your heart speaks a different language. We have great intentions. And the Apostle Paul talks about this, right? The very thing that I intend to do, I didn't get accomplished. I did, in fact, the exact opposite. And so understand your heart speaks a different language, and we have to speak to it in that heart language. And guess who knows the language of your heart? God does. And he likes to speak to our heart. He likes to help us with that unruly aspect of our hearts. So 
we are tempted in so many ways to bring relief to the pain of our broken relationships. And many times it's not the right kind of thing to do, but that pain drives us and causes us to do these things. If I've spent time with hundreds and hundreds of people, I've learned several things from them, and that's what I'm going to bring with you today, bring with me today to you, is people and their wisdom, but also their bad experiences. <laughs> so uh, first I want to go over what not to do. Are you with me? Then we'll get to what you, you should do and ought to do and what helps. Um, here's one thing that I found people doing is once a relationship has ended, you take a person back and you allow yourself to be the person on the side while they're in another relationship, right? No, don't admit to that, but that's what I've seen people do. Look, you, you're not to be the person that's on the side while this other person is moving forward in another relationship. That is not God's will or plan. But some of you have settled for that because that's what you think you deserve. But that's not the truth. Don't let yourself be the person on the side. Um, don't get into another relationship to heal the hurt that you've been through. That's what so many people do. They just, hey, maybe another relationship will make this feel better. And hey, it initially does, but guess what? It's like uh, taking pain medicine for a compound fracture and starting to walk again. If you have a broken leg, you don't just shoot it full of uh, pain medication and keep walking again. No, you, you let that mend. And that's what some people do. Um, okay, some of you have done this or experienced it, the retaliation relationship. I did that, like, oh great, okay, so hey, I know what it's like to be hurt. I'm gonna get involved with another person and guess what, I'm gonna be in control of this relationship. And in the process, you kind of pass on the pain and you retaliate through another innocent person. And guess what? That kind of gift keeps on giving and giving and giving. How many of you have seen that before? Maybe you didn't go through that, but you've seen that. That's another thing that people do. Uh, most often, I found people turning to substances, you know, substance abuse to medicate the pain and to try to numb the pain. And it's understandable because it hurts. But guess what? That just complicates your life even more, doesn't it? So don't do that. Um, some people escape through the wrong kinds of fantasies. And so don't escape through the wrong kinds of fantasies. And sometimes that comes with, uh, you know, just watching tons and tons of Netflix series, right? <laughs> or uh, turning to other kind of clicks on your computer. That, that's a path that, that complicates your life and leads to more destruction. Um, I've seen many, many people get too busy, too, too busy. They just get involved in everything else, um, staying busy. And what they try to do is they're trying to run away from their pain by staying busy. How many of you have seen people do that? Yeah, yeah. When you see them doing that, say, hey, you know what? You're just running away from your pain. Now, we're going to talk a little bit later that it is important to be active, but don't stay too busy to try to run away from your pain. Um, a lot of people, Pastor Kevin and, and Pastor Melissa, is a lot of times they're kind of upset with God and they kind of turn away from God. They turn away from church. They turn away from ministry because they're hurt and they're upset. Look, this is the time not to turn away from God and get mad at him 
but it's time to turn toward him and toward, and toward the people of God. So, so don't make that mistake, okay? Are you with me so far? All right, and, and once again, I'm talking to those of you who maybe have hurts in their heart and pain in their heart right now that God is wanting to help you with. As well, if you're going to be a body, a community of people that are going to be ready to receive the hurting that are on the outside and the solution, you're going to have to understand what people go through so that you can help them. How many want to be a hospital for the hurting? Do you want to be a compassionate community that community that's meeting the needs of those around you? Do you want to be that? So it is important to understand these, but also to live out these things, um, these principles that are in your life. The next thing I want to talk about is why does it hurt so bad? Why does this hurt so bad? And, and I feel really led to do this is like, for those of you who may have been through breakups and beyond, and you see someone who's been in that pain, oh, you'll be fine, get over it. You're, you're, you're gonna be great. Or those of you who are in, have been in a hurtful relationship recently, or maybe as we're talking here today, maybe you're married, maybe you're single, wherever you're at in life, we're going to be talking to you about things that you may have brought in from a previously hurtful relationship, and it's affecting the relationship you're in today. So we need to know why it hurts so bad. And maybe years and years later, you might even be re reacting in your relationship as if you're still in the other one is because of what happens. Again, God made us, number one, for relationship, connection, bonding. And guess what? He made it an enjoyable process. It's great to have friends, isn't it? It's awesome to fall in love. It feels really, really, really good. He created for that. But here's the thing. A breakup is an ending to the relationship. And when it's an ending to the relationship, you're severing a connection. Think about that for a moment. You are severing a connection with someone, and that is a very unpleasant feeling. Um, Lord, have mercy. If we ever had a member of our body severed from us, how many know that would be an ex extremely excruciating feeling, wouldn't it? But that's what a breakup is. What, what, what happens is that, um, that in that severing, breaks a part of us off. It cuts us off from so many things. And, and here's the thing that I found out is that how the relationship ends determines how bad you feel. How many of you know if you're the one in charge of breaking off the relationship, that it's a little bit easier? If you're the one in charge of breaking it off, that's a little bit. All you have to do is come up with a lame enough excuse to make it right in your own head. But if you're on the other side of it, some of it takes you by surprise. Some of it, uh, you see it happening, but you can't believe it, and you're in denial. But, but it's easier if you've, you're the one breaking up. But if you're the one that is broken up with, it is such a powerless feeling. You get overwhelmed by it. It feels like they have the control, and you're out of control. Um, Here's, here's the other thing that happens in marriages or in long-term relationships is sometimes you have a sense that something is wrong and you believe that the other person is cheating or has something else going on and they make you feel like you're crazy 
and you are making it up, and, and you are the one that, that, hey, you shouldn't be so suspicious, maybe it's you, but I've been on the other side with people so many times when they actually find out the truth. And that is a horrible, horrible feeling when the other person is cheating or stepping out of the relationship and they make you feel so bad like you're the one that's wrong or you're the one that's crazy. You actually find out and then they're like, well, what? What's the big deal? And you're like, you got to be kidding me. You led me to believe that I've been crazy all this time and, and I had to be the, the private investigator. Some, of, some people have become that NCI, NCSI, whatever, investigator to try to catch them because you know, like, something's going on. This is driving me crazy. And that hurts when you catch somebody stepping outside of the relationship. That feels really bad. Um, the third and just very simple step here is that it is the end of a relationship. And I didn't want to put it in writing, but guess what? A breakup is the death of a relationship. You got to think about it like that. It is. It's the death of a relationship. And the next thing that is that is that sometimes it feels like a murder or a killing of a relationship, whether it's you or the other person. Man, it feels like you just killed this beautiful thing. And so that's a violent feeling, isn't it? So that's why it hurts so bad. Another thing is that when there's a breakup like this, you're wrecked emotionally, you're wrecked mentally, physically, socially, and it has a spiritual impact on you. There are so many losses. We can't even begin to imagine there's many, many losses. That's why it hurts so bad. Here's, here's another interesting thing because I'm kind of a nerdy guy, but um, science has begun to indicate that when you have a heart wound or an emotional wound, that there are areas in the brain that fire and, and neurochemical reactions in your body, much as if you were injured physically. Isn't that crazy to think about? So, so your brain and your body is reacting to a relationship breakup like it would a really significant injury in your life, like a car wreck or a, a major accident or a major injury. So that's why it hurts so bad. Your body's treating it like an incredible in an uh, incredible injury. Here's another thing that happens is when you're in a good feeling relationship and it's coming to an end, that when that comes to an end, it's like breaking an addiction. People who are on the other side of the relationship trying to recover, they will find themselves craving, much like they did a drug, craving to be back in a relationship with a person and others around you are going, you're crazy. Why do you want to go back? They treated you so terrible. Well, again, there's a neurochemical thing going on inside of us that causes us to crave and want to go back even to the bad love that was there because of the bond. It's like, and you might even feel like you're crazy. Why am I thinking about this person? They treated me so terribly. Well, there's literally cravings that go off inside your body to want them back. That hurts, doesn't it? I've heard someone talk about it who was actually a person who had an, amp, an amputation and also in a breakup. And they said, Pastor, I just want to tell you that, you know what? I had phantom pains because I lost uh, a limb on my body. And the phantom pains were is that my body thought that it was still there, it still hurt, and I still had the feeling that that limb was still there. And that's what happens when, when they had the breakup, they said, 
Pastor, I'm having phantom pains from I want to be with this person. And it's as if we are still in relationship. So that's why it hurts so bad. It's pretty complicated, isn't it? It's not so simple. Why does it hurt so bad? I want you to think about it. You have spent minutes, days, hours, weeks, and months together. When you were apart, and some of you remember this, when you were apart from that person, you even thought about them when you were apart from them. You just, oh, I can't wait to get back to them. Um, it's intoxicating being in a relationship with, like, with a person like that. You were dreaming dreams together. You were planning a future, weren't you? And so you had that in love experience. You had infatuation like, like the Song of Solomon has, that chemical romance. You planned your life together. You dreamed your dreams together. You built a future together in your heart. You thought about the wedding day and the honeymoon and you were vulnerable. You gave yourself moment by moment, piece by piece to this person. And you shared yourself with them. You felt so close. You felt understood. You felt that that person got you. And we all like that feeling, don't we? To be with someone so close that they get us. Again, all of that severed. All of that is cut off. And that's why it hurts so bad. So number one, you have to treat a heart injury like it's a physical injury. And that's, that's the how-to, and that's where we're going to next. Treat your heart like you have been hurt physically. You need to acknowledge and give yourself permission to get into a compassionate care unit. That's right. If, if, if you were critically injured or hurt, you might be put in the emergency room or the ICU, right? Well, if you have a heart injury, you need to go to a compassionate care unit. Give yourself permission. Acknowledge in that moment that, that you're suffering, you're hurting. You're going to need compassion. You're going to need understanding. You're going to need love, patience. You're going to need care from other people. Don't live in denial and like a lot of men do with their health issues. Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't need a doctor. Uh, yeah, I got all these symptoms, but real, it's just in my mind. I'm good. All right, you can't live in denial when it comes to your heart injury. You have to give yourself permission. Um, care for your heart, and, and this is the key. Care for your heart so you can fall in love again. I'm going to say that again. Care for your heart so that you can fall again. If you do not, you will disable and you will damage your ability to bond or connect with that person that is for you in the future. You will damage your ability to fall in love again. You just like we have to take proper care of our bodies, we have to take proper care of, of your heart. So will you give yourself permission to recover? And also give people permission as they come in, as you're friends with them, look, you've really been injured, you've been hurt, you need to take the time, let's do what's necessary to care for you in a healthy way. Because they spent tons and tons of time focusing their entire life around this one person. And when they're not there anymore, they're going to be looking for places to go and people to connect with that are healthy. They're going to help them recover from this. Secondly, you need to stabilize, your, stabilize what you can. Stabilize what you can in your life. That person and that relationship is out of your control now, and you need to find what is stable around you. Be financially stable. Um, look to friendships and healthy relationships that will help you uh, find stability in your life. 
as well, you, you have to do this thing called boundaries, and I know it's a, it's a counselor term, but, but boundaries are simply this. You have the ability to say no to things in your life, and you have the ability to say yes to the good things in your life. That's what boundaries are. Give yourself permission to stabilize your life, and, and this is what I found, and, and I need to be real with you. Um, I have never found it helpful to stay in contact with the ex. Some of people want to just kind of, maybe we can be friends. How many heard that statement? Let's just be friends. No, I recommend, I'm not saying in every, but I think most situations, block the phone number, stop texting, no more emails, limit your time in seeing that person. If you have to, have somebody else with you. But if you can Stop seeing that person. It's going to help you get over that person. Stabilize your life. It's okay to say no and set up the boundaries. Because it'd be much like if I had an injury, if I just kept using that, hey, baby girl. Um, if you just kept reopening the wound, and that's what you're doing every time you're getting in contact with. So stabilize your life. Block the phone number. Set the boundaries. Um, here's the other thing that has to happen. Sometimes I have people, I help them get a little bit mad about the situation so they have the energy to set the boundaries. And so it's okay to have some anger about it uh, so that you can get those boundaries established. Um, recovery. Enter into a recovery and rehabilitation time. Take time and go through therapy. Feel what you need to feel so you can move forward. Find safe people and safe places. Safe people and safe places to recover. That's your rehabilitation process. Get back to the basics. And this isn't in your notes, but it's important. And I used this last week when I was speaking. But the basics are this. Remember to breathe. Many of us, when we're pain, we stop breathing or we're more anxious. Got to breathe. Deeply breathe. Secondly, drink water. It's, it's really important. Drink water. And in the Bible, I can go back to the stories is God literally provided water for people who were in a crisis situation. He, he literally manifested water to them. Drink water. Uh, sleep and rest. You need sleep. Um, eat well or fuel your body. And um, finally, try to be active. So recovery and rehabilitation will include the basics and these extra things. Um, real quick, that cute little blonde girl back there. Um, on her mama's lap, Miss Nora. Hey, Miss Nora. <sighs> I got some trauma. We have this door that just doesn't close right to the back door. We had a family gathering. I was grilling. And um, uh, she was coming out to be with Papa, which I love, I love. But she put her little fingers in that back door. And I just, it wouldn't quite shut right. And I just slammed that door. And then there was screaming so much to the point where the door had to be open, and this papa's heart was broken. Well, Nora's in that moment, not breathing. <laughs> She's just going, ah. all right? And then, because papa caused the pain, he, she didn't really want to come to papa because he caused the pain. That broke my heart, but grandma was there. Grandma scooped her up, hugged her, and held her, Breathe, baby, breathe. She breathed. After she breathed, she cried. 
after she cried, we didn't even look at the finger yet. We were just comforting and consoling her. She was breathing. She was crying. Then we looked at the finger. Thank God, uh, you know, it looked really smashed, but just a little skin, a little blood, but the finger's okay. She's okay, and she can move it. It wasn't broken, thank God. But in that moment, uh, there's an injury, and we respond that way when our hearts are broken. And we need people who will come alongside, scoop us up, tell us to breathe, hold us, say it's going to be all right. And, man, it took a long time for her to come back down from that adrenaline rush, and it, but it wasn't what, maybe 30 minutes and she was back playing again. But uh, your, your rehabilitation, your heart recovery is going to take longer than 30 minutes. But you need the same principles to be in place for that. So the things that you need to do, um, you know, Chris, Dr. Kristen Neff um, has this exercise called um, soften, soothe, and allow. So often we're hurting, and, and when you hurt, you stiffen up, Right? Well, the first thing you do is, okay, I'm in a heartbreak. Don't harden up around that pain. Soften up that pain. And that's what, that's what Nora had to do. She was so stiff, like, relax, baby, relax, breathe. It's safe. It's okay. So you soften what's happening around your heartache. You soothe it. Like, we had to, hey, let me look at that finger, and, and then we rubbed her and soothed. When, when your heart is broken, you need to allow others or you yourself can say, it's going to be all right. Open that thing up to the pain, to the damage that's been done. Soothe, and then allow the emotion to come. And you're going to need times to cry. You're going to need times to be mad and angry and upset. You're going to need to talk, right? Uh, you're going to need to put on that song list of breakup songs. All right? To cry, to be angry, to be numb. You need to put on the worship list. You also need to have your praise list. Uh, for some of you like me, you need that rocking list, and others you just need that rap list, right? Get, get, get those songs rolling. Um, next, tend to the wounds. Number four, tend the wounds to prevent infection. Um, it is so vital for you to care for your self-image. Care for your self-image. And let, don't let the enemy plant lies about you in there. The voice of your ex might be in your mind. The voice of the enemy is going to be there. But tend to your self-image because you're going to start believing things about yourself in that breakup and the pain of that heartbreak, the lies, the vows, and agreements that you might believe, hey, maybe I'm not lovable. No one's ever going to want me. I'm unwanted. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not whatever enough. Um, the vows that you might make are, I'm never going to let anyone close to me again. I'm never going to trust anyone again. Uh, the other lie that comes is that men are just blank, and the enemy will fill that in, or women are just blank, and you'll start believing that about others. Agreements are, is no one's going to love me until, and you agree with the enemy of your soul that you have to do something until somebody is going to love you. I have to be more this. I have to be more that. Again, your ex's words may come to mind that you're to this or you're not that. And look, you have to break the lies, break the vows, and cancel the agreements that are willing to replace or plant themselves in the wounds that are there. Hey, look, you got to take care of your wound and your heart 
cleanse it from bitterness and unforgiveness. That's how you tend the wound. And keep the bitterness and unforgiveness from growing in your heart. And allow God to take care of the person that hurt you. Because you want to be the prosecutor, the criminal investigator. You want to bring the sentencing. You want to put them to trial. And you want that person in jail for what they did to you. Forgiveness is letting that person go, putting them in God's hand, release them to God, and keep releasing them to God and let God take care of that, and you take care of you. Amen? But, you know, I had an open compound fracture, and uh, in that open compound fracture on my finger, uh, the doctor had to set it. It was an open wound. He put one stitch in there, but twice a day, I had to put my finger in this betadine solution to keep the bacteria from growing in that open wound. And uh, again, to stabilize it would be the splint. To irrigate it would be this thing of, of tending to the wound. And so it kept the bacteria. The bacteria that wants to grow are these lies, these vows, these agreements. The unforgiveness and bitterness will want to grow in that wound. Don't let that happen. Number five, realize you're in a grieving process. Um, you're going to experience the shock, storm, search, and sequel. I'll say that again, shock, storm, search, and sequel. As you navigate the grief of the loss of that relationship, as you've done all of these steps, tended the wound, etc., return to some sort of activity. It's so important that you get busy again. Do something that interests you. Take a class. Uh, hey, Talk to the pastors here. Is there some, some place you can volunteer? Right? Where, where can we do ministry? How can I join a class, a Bible study group, get busy doing something? And finally, step seven is help others. Just start helping someone else. When you're stabilized enough, uh, just a little bit farther in your grief process, start helping other people. Amen? All righty, so those are the things to do. But understand this, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. God's word to you, whether you're hurting in this moment or whether you brought something from the past in the present moment is that God is a mender of broken hearts. Psalm 147.3 says this, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Psalm 71.20 says this, Though you have made me see many troubles, many bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. Psalm 34.18 says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Look, Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected, betrayed, lied about, cheated on, called names, he knows separation, isolation, loneliness. He even knows abandonment. Because there was that moment on the cross when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there was that moment on the cross when for the first time in all of eternity, Jesus was separated from the presence of the Father. That kind of abandonment crushed his heart. And even some believe Jesus died of a broken heart but he doesn't want you to die of a broken heart. He did that so you wouldn't have to. Look, on whatever level you're at in this, God wants to minister to you, and I'm going to ask him. And around your broken heart, you need to soften and soothe and allow. And yes, thank you.
worship team, if you'd come. Maybe the Holy Spirit is revealing something now. You've kept him out. You need to let him in so he can tend the wound right. Maybe lies have been planted. Vows have been made. And those are all done to protect yourself, but they're not. They're keeping God from the places in your heart you need to let him in. Soften your guard. Soften your defenses. Allow God into the hurt places so they can heal your heart and connect to others. You are worthy of love. You are worth time and energy. God has a plan for you. Don't give up. And as well, maybe there's a son or daughter, grandchild, brother, sister, mom, dad. The relationship is broken and severed and your heart is broken because of that relationship. God wants to help heal and mend your broken heart in those relationships as well. And you need care about that and hope for that. If you're hurting today, there's hope. And Holy Spirit, do your work. And with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're not in right relationship with Jesus and you feel separated from God right now. And maybe you feel like you've broken God's heart. It's time to return to him. And that's a simple prayer. But right now, if you need God to mend and touch your heart with everyone's eyes closed, just put your hand over your heart right now. That's true. Thank you. Just admit, God, I'm hurting, and I want you to reveal the pain and the injury, and I want to allow you to heal it. I surrender it to you. I'm tired of trying to ignore it or deny it or push it away. Come in and heal my heart. Mend the brokenness that's there. Mend my relationships that are broken. And most of all, God, mend my relationship with you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, God knows the plans he has for you. Plans to bless you, prosper you, give in a hope and a future. If you are looking for the right person in your life, stop trying to orchestrate it yourself and allow God to orchestrate it for you. Amen? Because he, he can do it better than you. And those are words from my friend Matt who was married and never consummated his first marriage, went through three other relationships almost to the point of marriage, Something happened in each one of them, and he just wasn't expecting. He was trying to do it right. Finally, finally, when he let go and let God, he brought the right person in his life. But he, he never stopped trying to become the right person for God. He never stopped trusting God. And, and now he's been married uh, 11, almost 12 years, two kids. And uh, God, God works things out together for good, no matter what's happened to you. Amen. Get, have hope today. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. 
We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.